Amen. Thank you, praise team and choir. They sounded so good this morning, and I want to welcome you to Burlington Baptist Church. Me and my wife would really like to give you all a big thank you for a bunch of you all came on Tuesday night and unloaded the truck for, two trucks for us and uh, really blessed our socks off, and we're so thankful. Uh, thank you for all your love and support for us. We're glad to be in Boone County and uh, just excited about that. Uh, excited about seeing some guests today. Uh, you know, some people tell me uh, it's my first time here, and uh, it really is funny to me because a lot of people, I think, maybe their first time here. And uh, when you tell me that, I, that's uh, good for me because I, I think everybody's home folks. And so welcome. I met Bruce this week and Sean back there this morning. And uh, it's good to be here. We're in a series called Building Blocks for BBC. And uh, it's quiz day today. Uh, we're building upon Jesus, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 11. And so the church is to be built upon Christ. And we've been talking about building blocks. Uh, the first two building blocks was, the first one was to love God. All right, Brad's got it. Love God. That comes from the greatest commandment. What's the greatest commandment? The lawyer asked Jesus. He said, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor, so to love others, love God, love others, and this morning we're going to come to the Great Commission, and uh, the third building block is to make disciples, and really everything is we do as a church, we want it to help us to love God, and again, the praise team and the, the choir this morning, we, we worship God, that steers our affections towards God, and so we want to love God, love others, and make disciples, and that's where we're at this morning, uh, missiologist Wynn Arn, he surveyed uh, the members of nearly a thousand churches, and he asked this question, why does the church exist? 89% said nothing remotely related to, the, to make disciples. Rather, they said the church exists to meet the needs of me and my family. And I hope that's not your perspective this morning. We have to make disciples, Jesus tells us. And so we're going to look at Matthew 28. If you find your place, if you'll stand with me, we're going to read a very, very familiar passage, hopefully, and this is really Jesus' last will and testament before he goes back to heaven. And it's so very important to us. Uh, I mentioned this book in the earlier service. This is a book called A Passion for Souls. Uh, it's the life and ministry of D.L. Moody. Uh, if you want a book that will really steer your heart in evangelism, uh, I recommend this book. I, it's been one of my favorites. I have it if you want to borrow it. And and uh, But the, the life of D.L. Moody, he, he was such an evangelist, just looking for opportunities to preach the gospel. God blessed him. Just about every time he spoke, just people would be saved, and it was awesome. Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And Father, we pray today you would teach us, that you would uh, instill within us these instructions to go and to make disciples. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would give us uh, receptive hearts today and just apply this to us, encourage us in this area. I pray for that today, Lord, for your glory. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, these verses have become what we know as the Great Commission. They've been known as the Great Commission for about 200 years. And uh, it's so important for us to, uh, to really get a hold of what Jesus tells us. I said, if we can get to the moon and back, and, and we celebrated 50 years of doing that, 
uh, why can't we complete the Great Commission? Uh, if we can get internet to third world countries, I'm always amazed when I go to places like India and Haiti and places way, way out there, and they've got internet. And I think we can get the internet there, and, and this week there's this app that'll show you what you look like when you're old. Y'all seen that? We can get that all around the globe, and yet we can't get the gospel to those places. And, and so uh, I think it's time for the church that we make it a priority to fulfill the Great Commission in our generation. Uh, at least we've got to accelerate the rate of the Great Commission. Now, I'm excited about something in Kentucky. This, this week, the mission board will vote on approving uh, Dr. Todd Gray as our uh, executive director of the Kentucky Baptist Convention. And you might not know much about that, but that's, he kind of uh, encourages Kentucky Baptist churches. And, and Todd Gray is the most evangelistic person I've ever been around. And I'm so excited about him leading us because he is really going to encourage us in the area of evangelism. And he'll be here on August the 18th and encourage us specifically there. Uh, but uh, Paul Chitwood is over the International Mission Board. And, and uh, I'm excited about him leading our missionaries to, to reach people for Christ. And uh, it's a, the, the Great Commission, is there's lots of runners here. It's more of a marathon. It's a, it's a long run, but it's not a sprint. I, I know that. But we at least we've got to pick up the pace. There are people perishing without Christ, and we've got the good news. We've got to get it to them. And, and some people say, what's the big deal? Well, right now, there's over 7.5 billion people in the world. At least 4 billion people have limited to no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 4 billion people. The Joshua Project has identified 16,543 people groups in the world. Our International Mission Board has identified over 3,000 of those groups that are either unreached or unengaged. That means that they have no knowledge of Jesus as the Christ, and, and some places there's no even strategy to reach them, there's no church planning going on, there's, there's nobody there to tell them about Jesus. The U.S. population is 327 million now. It's believed that about 75% of our population is lost. That, that would be 246 million people outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I looked up Boone County, 130,000 people. That's a lot, isn't it? If only about 10% of them are in an evangelical church this morning, that means that there are well over 100,000 people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, we, we believe, uh, that's what makes us evangelical. We believe that apart from a relationship with Christ, people are going to perish and go to a Christless eternity, separated from God forever, and yet we sit around and we worry about things like if the Reds are going to make the playoffs. Now, that might be a little bit important, but it's not nearly as important as the eternal destiny of souls. And so, I have two questions to get us started this morning. The first question we should ask is, is what's my part in God's plan to reach the world for the gospel? What's my part? What's your part individually? And then the second question is, what is our part as a church in the advancement of the Great Commission in our generation? And really, the question is, are we a Great Commission church? And I, I believe that God wants us to be a part of a Great Commission generation that, that goes all out in getting the gospel all around the world. And I, I believe till I die, God wants me to, to live out the Great Commission. I believe the same thing for you. So while the fuss about the Great Commission, I want to give you four primary reasons. The first one is that the Great Commission is authorized by the Son of God. The Great Commission is authorized by the Son of God, verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, to the disciples, and and to us, 
all authority has been given to me. That authority came from the Father and has been given to Jesus. Jesus is our sovereign authority. He is complete and universal authority. Uh, he is Lord. And uh, the resurrection verifies his kingdom authority. I mean, chapter 28 is about the resurrection. Jesus has been raised from the dead. He is God. The Father has given him all authority. And so whether he's in heaven or on earth, he reigns. He is King Jesus. Now, he is our authority, and we are to obey his commands. What I like about these, these verses is that they begin with the authority of Jesus in verse 18, and they end with the presence of Jesus in verse 20. Just note, notice that. Notice his presence. He says, I am with you always to the end of the ages. Jesus says to us that I am with you every day. And so some days are good days, and some are bad, some are happy, some are sad. It doesn't matter. Jesus is with us every day. And for those of you who struggle with fear, you need to be reminded of that. That Jesus says, I'm with you to the end of the age. And so if you're a Great Commission Christian, and you're operating in a, in a Great Commission church, you can be assured that you go out with the gospel under the authority of Jesus and with the presence of Jesus he goes with you. He don't send you out there alone. He goes with you. He, we go under his authority. And, and with his authority and with his presence comes his power. His power. Uh, Acts 1.8 uh, reminds us that but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word is dunamis. It's dynamite. Power. Jesus says you're going to get power. If you're a believer, you've got dynamite in you. It's the power of the Spirit. And he says, you'll have my power, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's the supernatural power of God, and it's undeniable. You've seen it. Hopefully you've seen it. I, I've seen God transform the lives of just the, the most wicked people. That's his power. That's the power of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. It's that power. Now, without his power and without his presence, we, we won't penetrate the, the lostness of our land. Uh, and so next week we're going to talk about prayer. We, we need to be committed to prayer, and we need to go out in God's power. But we'll get that next week. So the Great Commission, first of all, is authorized by the Son of God. Secondly, it is anchored in the Word of God. Danny's talking about the Word. Listen, th this Great Commission is not a new church growth model. This has been around for 2,000 years because it is in God's Word. It's, it's the final words of Jesus to His church. This is the heart of Jesus, the, the, the vision of Jesus. The strategy of Jesus is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And i just point out, it's not just in Matthew. Matthew's not the only uh, disciple that, that recorded this. Uh, Mark, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to, to every creature, to all of creation. Luke 24, 47 and 48, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then John says, peace be with you. This is Jesus talking. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. We know Jesus came from heaven to rescue us. And before he went back, he says, listen, I've come and accomplished my mission. Now I'm sending you, you and I. He's sending us. Every gospel writer highlights 
the Jesus' teaching about taking the gospel to the nations. And so we, church, we can't ignore the words of Jesus, can we? We can't allow these words to become the great omission, as they are in lots of churches. No, they're the great commission. They're the commission from our Lord. And so the Great Commission is authorized by the Son of God. It's anchored in the Word of God. Thirdly, it's aligned with the mission of God. Now, lots of churches talking about mission and mission statements. Listen, the Great Commission is the mission of God. He, he lays it out for us. John Piper has a book called Let the Nations Be Glad, The Supremacy of God in Missions. And it's insightful. It's challenging. I encourage you. You to read that as well. But here's what Piper says. He says, missions exist because worship doesn't. Now you think about that. Missions exist because worship doesn't. I think most of us understand what God's desire was from the beginning. You remember Adam and Eve, God walked with them in the garden. He, that was his design. Now, sin came into the world, and it mess, sin messes everything up. And it did that. It it broke that relationship. Sin separates us from God. And listen, God is worthy of the worship of all the peoples. And so uh, we're separated from God. The Father sends the Son to to take our sins, to go to the cross, to die in the place of our sins. He has fixed. He has given us a remedy for our sin problem. He has brought about a way for us to be brought into relationship with God and to worship God again. And yet there are people who have never heard the good news of Jesus. And so the Great Commission is given to fulfill the mission of God that all of creation worshiped Him. Psalm 67 says, let all the peoples praise you. All the peoples. I I went to India in January, and and we were taken to a tribal people out in the bush, lived under trees, and they took us up on a hill and, and took us around the circle of stones that they would march around those stones and worship those stones. They worship the creation rather than the creator. Listen, we got to share the gospel with them. God is worthy of their praise. And yet there are people who are worshiping all kinds of things. They never heard about Jesus, the one who would come from heaven to rescue their souls. And so the Great Commission is aligned and centered upon the mission of God, His glory, His glory to all the peoples. Notice the tenses of these verbs in in the Great Commission. The the one imperative is to make disciples, uh, not make uh, decisions, but to make disciples. And so making disciples, it's not just calling people to faith in Christ. That's part of it. Uh, When you share the gospel, one of the things we want to do is invite people to repent and believe. And that's exciting when they do that. But you're not done with the Great Commission. You, you proclaim the gospel, but part of it is, is helping people grow as disciples, as followers of Jesus. Jesus says, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. Well, we want to help people to understand what the yoke of Jesus is and what the mission of Jesus is and the character of Jesus, and we want to help people with that. And so not only do we want to be a Great Commission church, we want to be a disciple-making church. And I, I'm going to talk a lot about disciple-making because that's the, the, the root of the Great Commission. And Jesus says to all the nations, ponte ten ethne, it's all people groups. It's not just territories. It's not just countries that we call nations. It's it's all the different people groups, uh, 16,000 different people groups globally. 
And so the, the mission involves action. We're to take this good news to the peoples of the world. Now, how's that going to be accomplished? Well, Jesus mentions three uh, things related to making disciples. They're, they're participles. They're, they're action related to the making of disciples. The first is go. As we go, that's the location, where, wherever we are, as we go, we make disciples. We, then we baptize. That's a public declaration that we are followers of Jesus. Uh, and we're baptized specifically in the unity of the Godhead. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The, that, that's the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When, we're, when we come to faith in Christ, we are baptized into the one name of the one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we identify ourselves as followers of Jesus. And so listen, if you're here and you profess to know Christ, you, you should be baptized. You need to identify with God and all that He represents and then the third thing is teaching them. So baptism declares our allegiance, but, but teaching them to, to, to be followers of Christ. And we have the Gospels. We have the Word of God. We can walk people through the Word of God. We can explain the Scriptures to them, and they can come to know the, the heart and the character and the mission of, of Jesus. And so if you're a believer this morning, you, you're, you've, you're going, or you should be. You've been baptized. Or you should be, and you should be making disciples, uh, becoming a disciple yourself. We, we should all be learners. Anybody got something to learn from the Word? I do. But then we should be making disciples. The International Standard Version kind of captures the tenses. It says, therefore, as you go, disciple all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I have commanded you. And so the mission of God for us is to go with the gospel and make disciples. And so the Great Commission is anchored in the Word of God. It's aligned with the mission of God. And listen, God is compelling each of us to be a part of the Great Commission. This is our marching orders. World evangelization is not a choice we make. It's a life we live. It's a calling to fulfill. We, we are to be on mission with God. And, and listen, I know we, we can get so consumed with other things, with sports, with winning, with work, with making money, with, with your young boys, with girls. We can get so consumed with all kinds of things. And yet, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you, you ought to be a little bit consumed with the Great Commission. That ought to be a part of your life. You, you've heard the saying, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. Y'all heard that? Y'all heard that? Some of you have. The main thing is the Great Commission. And Jesus is so clear and concise right here. All else are distractions to the mission. I, I, I use this analogy. We, we like to say that Kentucky is college basketball capital of the world. We, we like that designation, don't we? Y'all like that? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is dribbling important? Yeah. Does dribbling win games? It's a trick question. No. Scoring points wins games. You can dribble the ball the whole game if you want to, but if you don't score the most points, you lose. Lots of churches are trying to look good dribbling. Listen, if we want to win, if we want to accomplish the mission of God, we've got to fulfill the Great Commission. And so we go through this series on building blocks. I don't, I'm not concerned about us dribbling well. I want us to win. I want us to focus on the Great Commission. 
It's authorized by the Son of God, anchored in the Word of God, aligned with the mission of God. And the fourth one is where I really want to get to. It's advanced by the people of God. We got any people of God in here this morning? Yeah. This great commission is given to the followers of Jesus Christ. It's our life. It's our calling. It's, it's our obedience. It's our future. Listen, uh, until I die, I believe God wants me to be active in taking the gospel to this world. I believe the same for you. He, listen, he didn't give that task to the angels. He didn't give it all to the pastors and the missionaries. He, he gave it to all his people, you and me. And so how is the Great Commission advanced? That's a good question. First of all, it's advanced personally. Personally, we've got to own it. And I think this is an area where we've got to put more focus, church. Uh, personal soul winning uh, is lacking in most of our churches today. And if you, you're as old as me, I remember when I was little, there was a lot more tears shed for the lost. There was a lot more concerned about people dying without Christ. There were a lot more mothers crying out for their kids or their grandkids. There was a lot more soul winning going on. And for some reason, we've lost that, that passion. And listen, it starts with the leaders. I, I know that I've got to find places and opportunities uh, to share the gospel now that I'm living here in Burlington. I, I've got to look for places. I've got to find places where I can connect with people who are apart from Jesus. And as a church, we've got to look for opportunities. We've got to pray for opportunities. And then we've got to speak with, with both compassion and boldness. We've got to go fishing. For men, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So this, this word go there in the command, it's a, it's a present participle while you are going. Here, here's my passion for us, church, is that everybody is involved in evangelism. Some of you work around hundreds of people every day. Some of you go to school with hundreds of people. Some of you are in clubs and organizations with lots of people. Some of you cut hair. Some of you are around people all the time. Listen, that's your mission field. God doesn't call everybody to go around the world. While you are going, make disciples. Listen, every Christian is a missionary. Amen? Listen, if you're a student, you're a missionary. If you're a teacher, you're a missionary. If you're a farmer, you're a missionary. If you work at McDonald's, you're a missionary. If you're a doctor, you're a missionary. If you're an accountant, you're a if you're a nurse, you're a missionary. If you're a bus driver, you're a missionary. Listen, I, I, I'm going to give you permission for something. Listen, you, if you are trying to witness to somebody and uh, you're praying for them, call me. I want to pray with you. And if you need somebody to go with you, I'll go with you. And if you get a chance to share the gospel with someone, call me because I get really excited about that. I, I want to hear about that. And listen, it doesn't matter whether they trusted Christ or not. The, the important thing is that we're obedient to the Great Commission. And so call me. I I want to join you in that. I, I want to train you, help you, equip you. Uh, Wednesday night, 615, we're going to spend five weeks. We're going to talk about different evangelism strategies. I, I, th there's all kinds of ways to share the gospel. I want to help you feel comfortable in doing that, and that would be my privilege. And so join us Wednesday night. If you can't make them all, that's okay. Come to as many as you can. But it is advanced personally. Uh, it's given to us personally. And, and then secondly, it's advanced cooperatively. 
this great commission is for the church. We need each other to get this done. Uh, you know, we try to create opportunities as a church. So we, we have upward sports. I, I like upward sports because uh, at every practice, uh, there, there's some time to talk about Jesus. Anybody think that's a good idea? Every practice. And then when they have games, they, they have a halftime, and they allow people to come in and share their testimony. Has anybody here got a testimony? If you're saved, you should have a testimony. Now, you might not feel comfortable. That's on us. We, we want to help you feel comfortable sharing your testimony because you got one. There was a time before you met Christ, and whatever kind of heathen you were, Jesus changed your life, and you could testify about that. And so when it's upper time, I, I want the whole church to come and take a time and share their testimony with someone. And there's Bible school, and there's nights of praises, and there's uh, community outreaches, there's food pantries, there's mission trips. All of those have the same goal, and those are gospel opportunities. God will do these ministries because we want opportunities to share the gospel. Now, Brothers of Baptist, you've been pretty good about this. But we just got to continue to be intentional about being outwardly focused because the tendency, our nature wants to get selfish. Y'all with me? I'm selfish. I admit that. I'm one of the most selfish people in the room. One of the most selfish. <laughs> so we have to be really intentional about being outwardly focused. We want to reach people. This is not about us. This is about the gospel. Beyond our church, we cooperate with 47,000 other Southern Baptist churches in taking the gospel to the world. And uh, I mentioned one of the things that got me most excited about this church is you all give 12% of your undesignated offerings to the cooperative program. I'm a big advocate of the cooperative program because it's going places that we can't go by ourselves. Half of what you all give to the cooperative program stays in Kentucky for church planning, mission work here in Kentucky. The other half goes to the cooperative program, and in, within the cooperative program, we have something called the International Mission Board. We have 3,600 missionaries all around the world trying to reach unreached people. And so every time you give, a part of what you give goes to support those missionaries. Man, that's exciting to me. Kyle Jones, he's, he's going to, to Southeast Asia. Uh, that's Kevin and, and Kathy's son. That, that's exciting. We, we can't reach 3,000 unreached people groups on our own, but, but we can give and pray and go and send and support. Listen, I, I'm expecting God to call out some people in this church to go. There, there's missionary material in here. God still calls people. Yeah, Kyle and, and Molly, I, I'm so excited about a, a missionary couple from the church and us being able to encourage them and going to support them. There, there's others in here. Even this morning, God may be working in someone's heart, calling you to go to the nations, realizing that there are people who have never heard, and God might use you. And I, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but going to India and getting to, to see those precious people, they, they fed us. They were so kind to us, and we got to tell them about Jesus. That was the most awesome experience in my life, is to be able to tell people who have never heard about Jesus, to tell them about Jesus, and them to listen. They, they, were, they were so attentive. Well, what a privilege. God calls people to do that. And, uh, and we can support that and give to that. You, you may be at an age where you say, I can't go anymore. Well, listen, you can give and pray, and that's important. Uh, we can, we can work with other Baptist churches in northern Kentucky. There's some good churches around here. There, we, can, we can cooperate with evangelical churches in, in, the, in the Great Commission. Listen, the, the Great Commission is not about building a particular church. When we get to heaven, it's not going to be uh, the Burlington Baptist over here. And it, no, that doesn't going to matter. 
It's going to be about Jesus, and we've got to get the gospel out. And it's not about this church. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about his kingdom and his glory. Thirdly, it's advanced strategically, and Jesus gave us that strategy. Back to Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. That was the strategy. And so we see that strategy played out in the book of Acts. Uh, the first uh, seven chapters is the gospel is right there in Jerusalem. The apostles are preaching the gospel. Thousands are being saved. And, and then Stephen is stoned and the church spreads out. It goes to Samaria and, and Judea. By the time we get to chapter 10, the, the gospel is going to the, to the nations. And Paul is planting churches. And, and uh, the, the gospel is just it's, it's reaching the world. That, that's the strategy. And, and we need to be strategic. As a church, we, we want to start locally, and we want to reach people in Burlington and, and Boone County, and, but we don't want to stop until uh, Kentucky is reached in America. America needs the, the gospel. There are missionaries coming from other places here now to, to share the gospel, and, 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 and again, internationally. It, it's, church, it's not a matter of either or. It's yes and yes. It's locally. It's nationally. It's internationally. It's take the gospel. Uh, start in Boone County. Go to eastern Kentucky. Go to Cincinnati. Go to New Mexico. But don't stop there. Go to Puerto Rico and Haiti and India and London. Go! Part of being strategic, I, I mentioned, is being innovative. And listen, we need to be innovative in taking the Great Commission. Uh, we stream our services now. We we have the services online. We need to do everything we can to, to get the, the gospel out there. In Kentucky, we have something called Reach Kentucky Today. ReachKentuckyToday.com. You can put your testimony on there, and then you can invite other people to listen to your testimony. And at the end of it, there's a gospel presentation. Listen, we, we've got to increase the pace of the Great Commission. Uh, and so we need to be innovative. We need to be, listen, some of you are innovative in your jobs. Well, every now and then, think about the Great Commission and think, what can I do with my media, with my position to help the spread of the gospel? And do it. Paul, Paul was an innovator. I mean, he started the church plant movement before there was ever such a thing as a church plant movement. He, he went out there and planted churches. Acts 13, 47, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. He said, that's what my calling is, and I've got to go and... and Take Jesus where he's never been mentioned. That, that was his heart's passion and, and desire. And, and the, sometimes he had to shake the dust off his feet. Remember that? I mean, some people wouldn't listen to him. The Jews, they'd run him out of town, stone him. He'd shake his dust off. He'd go to the next place. Listen, maybe you got a dry place. Go somewhere else. People need the gospel. Don't use that as an excuse. People need to, to hear the gospel. And so let's ask God to help us to be more creative and innovative in taking the good news to the world. Amen? And then lastly, it's advanced urgently. There's a great lack of urgency today. Uh, Paul said in Romans 13, 12, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Listen, we're not guaranteed another day of life. None of us. In my life this week, three friends had funerals this week. One of them was 51 years old. Life is but a vapor. It's here for a little while. Is it possible that somebody that's in this room this morning won't be back next week? Life is uncertain. We're not guaranteed another day of life. And people need the Lord, and they need Him now. 
your children, grandchildren, your neighbors, your co-workers. They need the Lord now. Today's the day of salvation. David Flatt made this statement one time. I, every believer this side of heaven owes the gospel to every lost person this side of hell. Every believer this side of heaven, that's us, isn't it? Every believer this side of heaven owes the gospel to every lost person this side of hell. And so may God give us a new urgency for his gospel. A new urgency. Let me close with this story. I was in the newspaper a few years ago about a neurosurgeon in Alabama. He was in one of the hospitals in Birmingham. And uh, he was needed six miles away. A, a guy came in. He had a, uh, He was unconscious. He needed brain surgery. He had a 90% uh, chance of death. And, uh, and so he was needed six miles away, and that would be fine on most days, but a, a snowstorm had come in. And so when he went out to, to get on, in his vehicle, the, the traffic was stopped. And so he got out of his car in his scrubs and began that six-mile trek. And the police were notified, but they couldn't find him because of the weather and everything was a mess. But anyway, uh, he walked those six miles in wintry, freezing temperatures. Uh, he, he made it to the hospital. He briefly spoke to the, the families. He went in and did the surgery. He saved that man's life. Well, they interviewed him, the brain surgeon, and he said, if I hadn't done the surgery, he, he wouldn't have made it. And he said that that's not going to happen on my shift. That's not going to happen on my shift. Listen, the majority of our world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we need to have that kind of mentality, that kind of urgency that it's not going to happen on our shift. If there's people in our world that have never heard of Jesus Christ, that's on us because we've accomplished so many other things. And so it's time, listen, church, it's time for us to reprioritize maybe our lives, maybe our budgets, maybe our plans for the future. Maybe you're here this morning, maybe it's time for you to reprioritize your retirement years. I don't know what God might be calling you to do, but we know this, there are people in our world that have never heard and there are some of us who could go and tell. And so let's have that kind of mentality that people aren't going to die without the hope of Christ on our shift. Let's pray. Father, you've got to stir our hearts in this area. Lord, mine, even. Lord, it's so easy to become comfortable. Lukewarm in regards to the Great Commission. Lord, there's sometimes I go a, I go a week without being intentional about the gospel. Forgive me of that. Lord, sometimes we live and act as if people, apart from a relationship with Christ, aren't going to hell. Change our hearts today. Give us a dose, Lord, please, a, a dose of gospel urgency. Allow the, the Great Commission to, to drive our hearts and our decisions, our budgets, our priorities. Lord, give us eyes to see lost and surround us. Sometimes we don't even know if our neighbor is lost, a co-worker. Lord, give us eyes to see. Give us boldness to ask. Give us boldness to speak the gospel. And Lord, I pray this morning, even in this, these few moments, that if there's someone who's separated from God and in their sins, I, I pray that they would know that there's a God in heaven who loves them, who sent his son to come and to die for their sins. I pray there might be someone today that would turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus. Lord, that would be so exciting for us today. We pray for this invitation. Lord, there, there's some, maybe you're calling to, to be a missionary. 
or some that you may be calling to, to start a Bible study at their school or in their workplace. Lord, there's some that need to make disciples here at the church. They need to teach or lead or Lord, help us to take to heart the words of Jesus to go and to make disciples of all nations. And we pray this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me, would you? Listen, I, I mentioned evangelism often starts on our knees. If you know someone, uh, if you want God to save them, it starts on your knees praying for them. Maybe this morning you want to pray for someone, maybe a family member or co-worker. I invite you to do that. If I'd love for you to tell me their name. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe there's someone where you've taken a few steps of the gospel and you, you know I need to take a few more steps. I need to be bold. That's God for, to help you. He'll give you the power. He's already promised you His presence. And then whatever else this morning. Maybe you're a believer you've never been baptized. You get that straight. Maybe you're a believer and you're not growing as a disciple. That's part of the Great Commission. Maybe you've grown, but you've not done anything to help others become a disciple. You know, there's some scriptures about it's time to get off the milk and have some meat. And there's some scriptures about pouring into others what somebody poured into you. And so the Spirit's here with us today, and He's speaking to some hearts. He, he...